if we uh, I didn't be judged by the, the size of the problem seeks to solve. So uh, at the end of the day, Australia does have a problem, and the problem is that we've got a population that's growing by almost 60% on today's numbers by 2050. In uh, real numbers, that's 14.3 million people that uh, our population is going to increase by. The majority of those are probably going to head to Sydney or Melbourne. Now, if you're from Sydney or Melbourne, you understand the challenges that that represents, and that is that we do have a significant issue. Yes, hit that slide. Um, the issue is that we have overcrowding, we've got congestion at an all-time high and affordability is at crisis levels. Uh, the challenge that, uh, there we go, thank you very much. Uh, the challenge that we've got is to, uh, is to overcome this. Urban sprawl, which has been our population strategy in this nation, which has been a very reactive and not proactive approach to housing our communities is a broken model. Uh, what we're doing with urban sprawl is we're pushing people further and further away from their jobs, from their families, from their homes, and we're giving them, um, we're affecting mental health, we're affecting the livability, and we're certainly affecting the lifestyle that we've become, uh, we, we love here in Australia. We need to work on what is a solution, and we don't sit here and say that Clara is the solution because our total plan uh, is about building eight new, smart, sustainable, inland, greenfield cities in between Sydney and Melbourne and connecting these cities by world-class high-speed rail, uh, putting those cities uh, at the furthest. So uh, our city in City 4, uh, is uh, City 5 I should say, is the furthest away, but in that city you will be no further than an hour out of Sydney or Melbourne by high-speed rail. Uh, Sydney to Melbourne will be about an hour and 55 minutes, Sydney to Canberra uh, only 50 minutes. Now this is what changes uh, the true conversation about where people may choose to live. Uh, on, our, on our continent. We've got this amazing inland and we've pitched ourselves on two great big cities looking at the sea, waiting for someone to come and pick us up. And what we need to do is actually look at the opportunity that exists, the potential that exists in our regional areas, in our inland, um, and promote that. These cities are going to be home to 3.2 million people collectively, or cities of around about 400,000 people each. Uh, that's significant, but it has to be, because even at 3.2 million people, we only equate to about 22% of that anticipated 14.3 million increase in population between now and 2050. So the issue here isn't uh, whether we've got a, uh, a solution. Uh, we are only part of the solution over term. And I've just got the wave that I'm two and a half minutes already, so I'll just quickly go through. Our cities are going to be smart. We're going to have renewable energy, recycled water, uh, an opportunity for you to be very close. They're going to be dense cities, uh, which allows everyone to be in pedestrian or cycleway access to the heart of those communities. It's all about building connected communities. The smart's not about technology. It's about building a, a city that is agile and flexible enough to adapt to new and disruptive technologies as they come online. High-speed rail has been right around the world, but importantly for us is our funding model. We seek to do this at no cost to government, and we do that through a model of value creation by agricultural land, adding value uh, by turning into residential land, and, uh, and therefore delivering the high-speed rail and the major infrastructure of each of those cities. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Alright folks, it is time now for the General Knowledge Podcast. We are in Season 2, Episode 6 for this one. And uh, today I am joined with our good mate Ethan Nash of TOTTnews.com. 
hopefully Andy can join us a little bit later when he gets home. He's just got some stuff to attend to. But for the time being, Ethan and I are going to smash out the pod as best we can. We've got a whole heap of things to talk about. Uh, Ethan Mumbro, how are you, man? Good, mate. Good. It's good to be on here. Yeah, good to have you it's back, great. Mate. Yeah, mate. It's been a little bit. I've been super busy over the new year period and putting out content and everything, but it's good to be back on and have a chat about things. Yeah, well, I think last time when we tried to get you on, you were moving house, which you've done now. You're uh, still in the same area, but, you know, it's one of those things. Moving is one of the worst things you can bloody do. It's so stressful, but um, it takes yeah. up so much time. Uh, Ando's yeah, just messaged. Hey, Ando's just messaged now. He says he's just arrived home now, so he'll jump in the conversation shortly. We'll just keep keep going for now. Sorry to interrupt you. I just sort of let everyone know. Um, Perfect. Yeah, but no, so yeah, you've been flat out, man. I've been um, looking at and reading all these uh, articles you've been pumping out on TOTT News. Actually, that reminds me, I saw someone comment the other day, what does TOTT stand for? I'm like, <laughs> I had to tell him in the comments like to say what it was. I don't know if you saw that. Did you see that? <laughs> no, I haven't seen that, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. You get a lot of interaction, so it's hard to keep track of everything. But yeah, I did notice that one, so I answered it for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for that, mate. I, um, yeah, I've... I've I like it. I like that it's sort of, it, it can be used for a number of interpretations. You know, it's sort of evolved from its original turn off the television moniker to, you know, it can stand for talk of the town, turn of the tide. There's a lot of things that, you know, it can stand for. And I, I like that type of thing. Yeah, good stuff, man. I like it. It's good. Yeah, it's, it's sort of one of the reasons why I chose, you know, general, general, obviously my last name is Maddox, but, you know, it's, it's not because I'm a general, it's just because it's, it's like I'm just your average, you know, general run-of-the-mill guy. Like that was what I wanted to call. I just, you know, it's a general thing covering generally everything, general topics and all that sort of stuff. Like that was why I, yeah. where I was going. I just did, thought it sounded better than than average Maddox. So, <laughs> so I, thought I went <laughs> mate, with general instead. <laughs> mate, I'll be honest. For years, I thought it meant because you're an actual general. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you're not like, serious, though. Know, no, I'm 100% serious. Oh, wow. Uh, no, awesome. I, reckon, I reckon if there's listeners out there and who haven't heard that story before, leave us a comment. I, I guarantee there'd be more out there that believe that as well. It, it gives off a, a great moniker, mate. Awesome. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd love, I'd love to hear from folks who actually thought that. Um, that's awesome. Oh, I can hear some noise in the background there. I think Andy's uh, he's just muted himself now. But uh, we'll bring him in now. Andrew, how are you going, brother? I'm very good. Thanks, General. Yeah, hi, Ethan. Hey mate, you've you've teleported through some portal by the sounds of it, mate. <laughs> I've just come from a big climbing wall, boy, so I'm all pumped now. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. He's got the blood flowing. He's ready to rumble. <laughs> here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all happening here. I tell you. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Well, we only just kicked it off, man. We were just chin wagging for a bit just to kill time until you got home. So um, we only just did the intro, man. So. Thanks again for everyone for tuning in. Uh, episode six, here we go. Um, and just while we're covering a bit of house cleaning here, I'll just let everyone know like the podcast is doing really well. We're over eleven and a half thousand downloads now, boys. How good's that? It's yeah, fantastic. Killing it, which is good. Goals. Yeah, man. Lots of every almost every day, I'm seeing more and more people like um, joining or following us on Podbean itself as well. So not just you know, subscribing elsewhere, which I hope everyone does. If you if you haven't subscribed yet, please go and do so now. Um, but they're also actually joining on Podbean and, and following us on Podbean itself, which is really cool. So appreciate everyone for doing that, which is awesome. Um, what else was I going to mention here too? I'm going to go back to my little chat thing here. Um, 
Yeah, we've done that. Done the stats. Oh, yeah, that's right. I was going to mention this now. Remember, it might have been late last year. I can't remember now, but I'm sure I brought it up on one of the podcasts. But my word ads, like obviously on the website, realnewsaustralia.com, I have ads as like what you do, Ethan. And we earn very minimal amount of revenue from those ads, but it's still you know money coming in, which is good. I couldn't give a fuck what they advertise on. I hope no one actually clicks on them because who gives a shit? But it's just there to help <laughs> us, just to help us earn a bit of money, really, for doing what we do. Because it's, you know, we don't we we have our own lives and all that sort of shit. But um, yeah, I went and had a look because I was like, oh, I haven't haven't seen any emails or whatever come through with any earnings lately. I went and had a look, and it had been like five months or six months without a single cent earned, like zero ad impressions, zero money. I'm <laughs> like, what is going yeah. on? So I'm like, it's like, yeah. it's like they just, you know, turned off my fucking revenue stream. So I, I got onto the forums and, you know, contacted the WordPress guys and said, what's going on? Like, you know, I'm earning no money, got no ad impressions. Like, you know, someone come back to me here and they've gotten back to me. And apparently, well, they couldn't tell me why, but they just said it was my word ads were, were turned off and they don't know why. And he goes, oh, well, we've, yeah. we've turned them back on now. He goes, well, I've had a look at your site. We can't see any issues as to why it was turned off. I reckon it was a lot of the vaccine shit we were covering ages ago. Yeah, they, they copped a bit of pressure and I got demonetized. And now they've turned it back on though. So he goes, we turn it on. We're already seeing ad impressions come through. So it should be back to normal soon. I'm like, so I've basically missed out on like, whatever, six months worth of, you know, ad revenue as well. So I'm like, there's no way of recouping that whatsoever because it's, they've, you know, nah. they couldn't offer anything else. And I'm not even going to fucking bother. So anyway, I just sort of let you know. <laughs> That was what Jesus. Was, yeah, that was what was going on. So keep checking it. Make sure yours is still coming through, bro. Yeah, no, I do. I remember that's that was a similar thing that happened to me when I did uh, my renewal. Remember, I was talking about how my whole site sort of just tanked itself. Oh, yeah, that's back right. in the day, and then I couldn't. I actually couldn't turn the word ads back on. I actually, thankfully, I was able to just contact business support and get them to have a look at it. But there was no way that I could turn it back on. It just wouldn't allow me to turn it back on. So. Lots of funny business happening behind the scenes there, General. Mm. Got to keep alert. Mm. You really do. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're, we can probably talk about that in another episode where they're, uh, you know, demonetizing and delisting and shadow banning and all that sort of stuff for all sorts of activists and independent journalists, et cetera, out there. It's a it's a pretty full-on mm. thing that these uh, big corporations are doing to us. So, I mean, you got to kind of got to fight fire with fire and use them where you can, but if you can avoid using them, please do so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah how's the how's the mewe thing going is that sort of getting any traction well i've oh geez it's been a little while since i put something on there i think it was not even the last podcast probably the one before that um I, when i shared that one on there and i haven't myself personally been back on there in a while that's just pure laziness so apologies to anyone out there who's following us on me we i'm not seeing any content i do apologize for that i'll have to make sure i get my head out of my ass and put some shit on there uh, I think, look, it's still early days, so it's still, you know, it's going to take a while for it to gain momentum and for them to, to, to tweak the service and all that sort of stuff, you know, like, they do have a paid side as well, where you can sort of, you know, openly pay to reach more people and all that sort of stuff, or whatever it is, I'm not sure exactly, but, you know, there's obviously the, the free way of doing mm. it as well, but, I mean, it just, people just need to get on there, you know, if you're kind of on there and, you know, obviously people are going to run through Facebook, they're going to check Facebook, but maybe just flick over to MeWe just quickly and, and have a quick look there as well, because um, I guess the more people yeah. that are actually on there doing that, 
then the more we can start pulling away from from uh, you know pages like Facebook and uh, and Twitter and so forth. But uh, as much as I fucking hate, like I keep saying all the time, I hate Facebook and Twitter and stuff. But you know, we still get a lot of interaction. Yep. And we reach a lot more people on those platforms uh, at the moment, so we still have to fucking use them. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, Ando, um, I'm not sure if you read in the little discussion thread that we have, but um, I just put down some uh, some topics for today's uh, agenda for the podcast. Um, this one's really going to be focused on basically uh, Australia being burnt to a crisp. Um, we'll, we'll try and flesh that out a bit more. Um, we're going to go through things like uh, you know, there's a lot of the fires are quite sus. Who's lighting the fires? Why is it vandalism? Is it more sinister? Uh, we're going to try and get into talking about um, directed energy weapons and Jews and go down that avenue as well. Of course, we're going to bring up uh-huh. the Clara Corporation. Uh, we're going to talk about sustainability and climate change and how that's tied into it. Um, and I said uh, to Ethan as well that I might try and take a stance of a devil's advocate. And I'll, I'll take the position of, you know, what's so bad about this Clara plan? You know, it sounds like a great idea and, and let's, we'll flesh that out a bit more as well So and, and find out exactly why uh, this uh, this smart smart city uh, plan is not such a good idea. Uh, anyone who follows this podcast should know why, but we'll talk about it anyway. Uh, so hopefully that sounds good. Give you a bit of a uptake on what's happening there. But Ethan, I might just throw to you um, first up, if that's cool with you. If you've got, uh, let me just bring up top news here because um, I think we're going to cover some of this um, filthy fire business and what were we saying earlier um, December 1st we did that episode was it episode 3 I said yeah, yeah. around that time yeah. yeah that was when we we started really sort of noticing that these fires were really a big deal hey and um, we did mention a bit about it and we started we, we sort of briefly touched on that whole the, the Clara project and the high-speed rail and all that sort of stuff, but today we're going to really flesh it out a bit more because a lot more has come out about it um, and we need to discuss it. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, cool. Uh, all right, so what have you got first up from um, tottnews.com, man, that we can get on board with this um, is it Agenda 2031? Is that one you're going to go through for us or...? Ah, well, yeah, no, well, just to, we can just do a quick recap of everything that's happened, really, you know, yeah. like I I published that article on, on December 5th, um, obviously just sort of expanding on everything that we have already spoken about on the podcast. I did a little bit more research and gathered some maps for, through infrastructure documents and found a lot of links to things and put this um, article together and you know, it's it's really taken off. It's been an incredible to see, you know, the growth of that article continue to go, people asking questions about it. You know, we've had personalities like Max Egan and whatnot continue to spread the word and now it just keeps growing. But, you know, if you want, we can go through that article if you want, just to recap on, yeah, on some be, of the things that have good. happened. I reckon we do that because yeah. that'll, that'll lead us into it quite well. So you take the, take the lead on that one for us, man. Yeah, absolutely. Well, on December 5th, I published the article, Australian Bushfires, a Smart City Conspiracy. And as I mentioned, the key link that made me think that these bushfires were a bit different was because of the smart city agenda that was behind it, this interlocking of of sustainable living, getting people out of regional communities in anticipation for Agenda 2030, this is sort of what I saw from these fires. And 
after our last podcast, you know, as I said, I've been very busy just because it's just been crazy because this has been a national story. It's even made international headlines, although a bit, you know, too late it's gone overseas, but it's still made international headlines and it's just been crazy. And people are asking questions that I have um, sort of detailed in this article. They've been building upon it. They've been doing their own theories. And, you know, I'm sure we can get into all of that, as we're saying, a little bit later. But just going through the article here, you know, just initially it was just initial questions, you know, just recapping on things that we spoke about last episode, like the fire budgets being, you know, taken away, the lack Mm. of resources, the intentional, you know, preparation for the resources not to be there if the fire was to to break out during this season and that's, and that's um, very telling too you know that, that that's planning in advance for this sort of stuff absolutely and we can you know just on that you know something that hasn't been mentioned through this is you know i've been looking at the timeline lately and last year around this time it wasn't really bushfires that everyone was talking about it was the intense drought that was happening here in australia there was a massive drought and i wrote that article the australian government doesn't care about our farmers talking about how look they're going to give a hundred million dollars to a fund where they're giving billions of dollars overseas you know to foreign aid and all of these programs and it just seems like when you look at the timeline and what's happened now that it was just an intentional you know drought that was brought in you know even in october of last year months leading into these fires new south wales was running out of water there was 90 towns or whatever that were looking forward you know looking ahead to day zero as they dubbed it because there was no water supplies down there so it really is a funny thing general and i'll get your thoughts on that when you look at the timeline of what's happened over the last 12 months i think you're absolutely right that this has been in a way, an intentional, you know, preparation for something that was coming. It's to me, it reeks of it's orchestrated, absolutely orchestrated, because you don't you don't do these things without for no reason. You know what I mean? It's people. It might come up where they cut funding or they, you know, we we mentioned the resources being removed and or not allowing them the resources to fight fires if they come up. But you you don't just do that willy-nilly you don't just do that to save a few bucks here and there you know what i mean like we have a history of bushfires in this country it's 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 almost a yearly event in these particular areas it's you know um so they know they know it's there they know that they need the money to fight these things uh to fight these fires when they come up so removing the and taking away removing the funding and taking away resources um when they know it's a much needed thing and they and not really giving, I guess, any any excuses as to why they're doing it, or if the excuses that they give is, you know, I guess, related to, you know, sustainability or something, whatever it is, you know, um, to me it just reeks of that it's it's purely there as a as an orchestrated reason because it's a part of a, a different agenda, a bigger agenda, and that agenda, as we're seeing and will unravel further on, um, is is very very closely tied to letting these areas burn it's it's a orchestrated destruction because they know the fires like i said the fires are there almost every year and when these things sweep through you know if you don't have the the resources to fight them and and to prevent the the fires spreading and reducing the destruction so to speak then of course they're going to burn out of control and burn and destroy homes and properties and uh land that would 
ordinarily need to be cleared if they're going to use that land for something else, which we'll get onto further on. Yeah, absolutely, General. And and that's it, it just reeks of that, as you've said, mm. this orchestrated destabilization. And this is something that we've spoken about for years because Agenda 2030 is coming and this is the intentional destabilization of that, you know. And I also covered in the article, you know, weird weather patterns that were happening before the fires. Um, on the 24th of October, you know, Channel 7 News reporting that there was um, what they called chaff small metal or plastic mm -hmm. fibers in the air from military aircrafts, um, you know, solar events that were happening down at the South Pole and Antarctica, stratospheric warming that was happening, just detailing, you know, sort of just building that timeline to, to paint that picture to people because this was in the midst of the bushfires really taking off when we started to realize this, when we started pu putting this content out. So I just wanted to build that story for people. And then, you know, went into geoengineering, all of the geoengineering tactics that have, have been at play for over, you know, five, six decades in this country. Some of the things that they do, cloud seeding, you know, spraying aluminium and barium into the air and, and what that has resulted in the environment and the acceleration of those types of fires. And really just got into um, pretty much everything that we were talking about last time on the episode general so mm -hmm. if there if there's a specific point on that article that you you want to go over i reckon we should do that instead because yeah. we've really we've pretty much spoken about this but is there any specific point in this article that you really think we could jump start into something bigger perhaps the aftermath of the fires perhaps you know what's coming now that you know things have settled down a bit well one avenue i wanted to to just touch on first is actually the the nature of how these fires have started um we're hearing a lot of stories about them being deliberately lit we're hearing them being lit by you know miners and teenagers and whatnot and also being lit by rural um fire service volunteers as well um which seems bizarre that these sort of people who spend so much time and people got to remember these the the volunteers that are in these rural fire brigades are the farmers and the the people in the community themselves you know what i mean so for them to to say to say that they're lighting fires in their own communities and destroying their own property of their own neighbors and things i i there's a there's part of me that doesn't buy it mate i just don't it doesn't make that doesn't make sense it doesn't sit well with me that that's the case um, whether it's been reported that or not, you know, have we? It's been well, it has been reported by by the mainstream media that they've these are the, this is the case. However, have can you recall a single name? Can you recall a single photo or or anything of any of these people who have been charged with lighting these fires? I I can't. No, no. Well, this is the big thing that has arisen, you know, since the fires have have taken off, and I published a great article on the facebook page from the conversation that was written by some professor but they were talking about 85 percent of bushfires being lit by humans in australia and they were talking about how you know they sort of give an attack of the mainstream media in that article by saying that the you never really hear anything past the charges where they say they can't r release the so-called names of the individuals and then you just never hear from it again. Yeah. And she said that this is in massive contrast to the coverage that is given to the spread and destruction of the fires. And she sort of asked that question, why? And, 
you know, we know why, and we've spoken about this for, for years. It's because that's, you know, what they're doing. It's a mass programming agenda from the mainstream masses. But she raised a good point in that article, and that is it's always a couple of kids. It's always this person, that person. You never really see any names about this, and this is where we've speculated that if there are arsonists on the ground, which, you know, who, who is to say, you know, we do have an arsonist problem in this country, we have had for, for years, you know, there's documentaries on people that are just arsonists, the mind of arsonists and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But if there are on the ground, then they're agents of this Agenda 2030 plan. They could be direct agents, you know, people from the establishment, or you've got to remember that volunteer firefighters are just general people in the community, as you've said, mm-hmm. general. Mm-hmm. It could just be a- everyday people that... You know, it could only take five grand. Hey, go light that bu- bush over there. We'll pay you five grand. You know, could be some. It could be some of the firefighters who are just fed up with no government assistance, and someone comes along and says, "Hey, can we give you money?" But it's all speculation because we don't know who's lighting the fires in these instances. That's right. And we, we and how is it that no one wants to go further down that investigative path? It blows me mm. away because that's the thing that you really need to know to tie a whole bunch of shit together. So th- that leads me to believe that there's a reason why they're preventing that path of investigation is because they don't want the links made. They don't want us having hard evidence to be able to prove that it, this is literally part of the agenda because then it makes us look a lot crazy because we're coming up with these crazy conspiracy theories, you know what I mean? Whereas, um, it you know, the term... We don't need to talk about the term conspiracy theory. We all know about that one. But it literally is uh, someone does appear to have conspired, um, you know, to to commit these acts of arson and, and for a, a, a much larger purpose, I would say. Andy, um, if you're there, bro, I might just um, bring you in as well. And what's your thought, first of all, on, yeah. uh, on these fires? Do you think they've been... Are they accidental? Are they deliberate? Is it, is it some fuckwit driving past in the car throwing a cigarette out the window? Is it kids? Is it the RFS volunteers? Uh, you know, what, what, do you, what do you recommend? I want to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, look, I... Actually, it was funny, like, um, Adam Kras, like, pointed me to, like, a podcast from 2018, and there were like in California, and mm-hmm. they were talking the exact words, like verbatim, that's like big, that's dribbling out of the um, mainstream media at the moment, like verbatimly, like the same things. Firefighters, like uh, like volunteer firefighters, have been like caught lighting fires. Look, it's the same script. Mm. I'm not. I'm. I'm not buying this. Um, like firefighters are lighting fires, crap. And, in fact, you know, I think it's a disgraceful slap in the face of people who actually are battling these fires. I think it's absolutely disgusting. Um, I, I'm not saying that maybe there might be a couple of incidents that might have happened, like minor things, but I'm not... There's no way I'm blaming any, like, like you know, firefighters for being you know, like like a big participants in in the cause of, of fires. Mm. Uh, you know, like uh, my my feeling about the the cause of fires. I think we always have a fire season. I really think it's um, you know like um, 
geoengineering. I think it's aluminum sprayed in the atmosphere that's settling down in the bush that makes it that is which is a known which is a drying agent which dries out the environment and the bush and everything. So yeah, when the also, fires do it's, come, it's also an accelerant of some sort, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it is. Yeah, yeah. So it it makes a uh, a containable fire something else. So uncontainable. <laughs> that's yeah, uncontainable. Yeah, yeah. It becomes like like something something you know like we've never seen before. So, so it, it I believe that's it, what's happening. So you're on board too. You, you don't reckon it's you know it's got to be something else than these RFS and you know kids lighting fires and stuff. Oh. Perhaps on a very 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 minor small scale, maybe Correct. in some instances. But I mean, what do we have? At Absolutely. one point, there was what a hundred. I'm spitballing here, but correct me if I'm wrong. Up to 160 major fires burning at one time. Is that right? Does that sound familiar? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I mean, that's correct. How is it, how is it possible that all across the countryside that yeah, there's you know RFS people lighting these fires? We, you know, it that doesn't. I'm not buying that, and I'm not also buying that it's lightning either because. There was no storms or anything around to to start these fires, and the, you know, to begin with, they've had no fucking cloud or rain whatsoever. So it can't be that. Um, yeah, it's just. Yeah, I just, I just, I just think fires start, you know, like with kids or whatever. I think normally fires are very con- like a containable, you know, like I think in 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 decades gone by, a fire might start for whatever reason, cigarette out the window or whatever, but. It's because of a natural bushland and, you know, like natural environments and and things like that. They're containable and and uh, they get stopped reasonably quickly. But I think I think with geoengineering, we're in a totally different phase now. Of what's going on? Plus, combined with the fact that they haven't done, you know, preventative measures like you know with with fire breaks and stuff like that properly yeah, in so many places point. too. All of these things combined, like that's. That's your perfect storm. Yeah, and I remember sharing articles and talking about it in for for previous fires. Um, there were farmers being fined, you know, ex- exorbitant amount of money, like in the hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands, because they created fire breaks that were, you know, a few meters too wide. So the councils come in and go on, yeah, we're going to fine you for all this, you know, for preventing, you know, or, or for um, safeguarding your property, and then. I saw that some of them, you know, one of these guys that did this, he got got fined because he, he had a massive firebreaker in his whole property. It was one of the only, it was like the only property in that area that survived because he prepped it, you know, even though he copped a fine for it, he, he still got his house, you know what I mean? So um, that's another thing, that, you know, this, this sustainability, climate changey kind of agenda too is to, you know, they're, they're not allowing... The, the back burning, the burning off of fuel loads on the ground and controlling, doing control burns as well. Um, you know, that, that's all been, it's on, it's on record that, you know, in the people in these areas have said, yeah, we're not allowed to do that anymore. You know, the council says we can't. Well, why is it that the council says that? Well, the council obviously now has been handed down some new rules and regulations. Well, where did these new rules and regulations come from? Well, they come from above and they come from, bigger organizations that get handed down on a global scale like from the un and it's all part of this agenda 2030 business and agenda 21 stuff you know i mean um people don't realize that these rules go out to governments all across on a global scale and uh we're tied into it so we have to follow it and it gets a trickle down effect you know what i mean so that's the 
that's that's just a I guess one avenue we've gone down there. But Ethan, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, you know there's some great points mentioned there. But I've, I think what the mainstream media have done is taken those points and they've devised this perfect web of distraction around it. Like if you've seen the two major conspiracies that the the mainstream media are trying to push to distract from the real conspiracies are hey it's a green agenda that we're blaming it solely on the greens for their you know <laughs> green influence in councils with backburning and stuff and yes as you've said that is a small element of it and that does lead that is a small part of agenda 2030 but there's a much larger picture so they distract that and then they go there's also an arsonist conspiracy and they get all of everyone talking about that well was it arsonists no it wasn't and the australian put out a dodgy figure so now everyone's saying you know it's all dodgy and everyone's just distracted by all of that and it goes like yes Maybe one RFS officer did light a fire, but what we're taking away here is that the mainstream media just focused on that one individual and not the other 160 that were happening. Mm -hmm. You see, there's this shrouded web of deceit and distraction here, which takes away from, as you were mentioning, Andy, the larger questions behind geoengineering, the larger questions behind smart cities and the train line that was coming that we spoke about on that episode and just more and more information has uncovered as the massive spread of this information has gone all across the world Mm -hmm. and it just seems like they're doing everything they can general to just try and build a web of deceit around the information to keep the everyday australian distracted yeah oh 100 man absolutely and we it's absolutely evident you've only got to take a step little step back to have a look at that and see it on a on a, on, a, on, a, on a wider scale, you know, more uh, give yourself more scope to see it, and then it'll be evident to you for those out there listening. Um, yeah, Absolutely. Try, yeah, you got to try not to get too swept up in it, and just like I always say, take a step back and have a look at the bigger picture. Um, mm. Can I just pick your brain, boys? I'll I'll ask I'll ask you first, uh, Ethan, and then we'll throw to Ando. Directed energy weapons, dues, in other word. Now we've. Maybe some of this may have come to light back around looking into 9-11, all that sort of stuff, but um, directed energy weapons are a thing. These do exist. They, the militaries, I'm not sure if Australian military has possession of this technology, but I know the American military does. Um, yeah, I'm not even sure if even private corporations like Lockheed Martin or the people that develop these things are even actually actively using them or whatnot. Perhaps they are. Perhaps they're being contracted by certain people to use them. I don't know. I'm just theorizing a little bit here. But um, what's your thoughts on the fact that the only other way to have lit lit fires on such a grand scale is perhaps the use of these directed energy weapons? We've got the fuel load on the ground. We've got accelerants in place. We've got dry tinder on a massive scale in these areas waiting for an ignition source. And we're talking about and that's the other thing I was going to mention too, is that a lot of these areas that were burning, they're not accessible. You know what I mean? You, you can't drive a car or a truck or a fire engine up to it to put it out. These are in like thicket, like a massive area of bushland that's not accessible except for perhaps by foot. Um, and yet fires are starting in these areas as well, willy-nilly. Again, no lightning in, in sight. So what is starting these fires? And people have thrown up that uh, maybe it's uh, directed energy weapons that are actually starting these things. And I wanted to flesh that out with you a bit, man. What are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, well, yeah, well, I'm probably not the best person to go to first, just because you know <laughs> I, I don't, I don't necessarily, I'm not necessarily on board with the whole directed energy weapons narrative for the bushfires. You know, I know that they're a real thing, but I don't think that they were used here. I think it's another distraction from the. Act yeah, that's around, fine. That, that's know, where I want to go with it. If that's your culture. way of going, that's yeah. fine. You, you go down that route. So you you yeah, say well, not real, possible distraction and uh, making people look in the wrong direction. Absolutely, yeah. Well, I'm sure, and you know, I'm, I'm sure that a lot of the audience out there probably disagree with that. That's why I said probably come to me for last as the alternative voice. But yeah, I, in my sense, I just you know I'm not. I I believe that there's also a calculated, coerted effort from the gatekeepers of the alternative community as well to distract people that are in pursuit of truth. And I've really tried to speak about this with my members over the last three months on the website. And I think that this is another avenue. And I I get real suspicious now because the mainstream media have picked up that narrative and that's what they're now labelling as the conspiracy side of things. They're saying, look, directed energy weapons and exploding smart meters and everything are being used, and they're using that to demonise us. And, you know, we've got to think of the, you know, the personalities putting these narratives out. I know that they exist, but in Australia, you know, bushfires are a very common occurrence, and all it takes is geoengineering techniques to keep the rain away, which we saw. You know, there was great maps showing that the rain was being kept away from the dry land. Oh, yeah. So all it takes is that. All it takes is the continued spraying of aluminium and accelerants everywhere. And generally, it will spread. You know, it just I don't think that it's as complicated as people are are trying to, to make out. But that's just my personal opinion. You know, with TOTT News, I try to share information for everyone. You know, I don't think that the news should should set what the truth is. I try to cover, you know, the 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 role of the media is to reinforce the public opinion. So if the public opinion is that directed energy rep- weapons were used, then that's what I will cover because, you know, that's what real journalism is. But personally, if we're talking personally, I think that it's another distraction just to take away from the fact that, yeah, they've just decided to burn half our country to build eight new smart cities and to continue this Agenda 2030 plan. I don't think personally it's as complicated as lasers and all of this type of stuff that everyone's talking about. Yeah. So red herring for you. You know, I, I would, before I throw to you, Ander, I'm, yes, I agree. I, I think, yeah, these things do exist. We know it. Um, could could they have been used? I think it's a possibility. Um, I can't, Absolutely. I, I can't prove it. Um, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot, that's, that's a, that's a very, very deep rabbit warren, you know, to go down, not just one hole. That's a, that's an absolute maze of a, of a rabbit warren to go down if you're going to go down that path, because then it ties in with, you know, okay, fair enough. If they were used, who used them? You know, can you, you know, what companies were behind it? Why were they behind it? Were they then, like I said, were they employed by someone else to do it? Why were they employed by someone else? You know, there's so many things you could go down, but, um, yeah, I personally just, I can't prove yeah, it, so I, I... Yeah, sorry, Ethan, I was just to say, I, I can't prove it. Um, I, I, <laughs> I will entertain the theory that, that it's a possibility, but um, unless there's, um, you know, some sort of hard evidence or proof, um, and, I'm, you know, you can't see... That's the other thing, too, folks, is that you, <laughs> you can't see microwave energy, you know? It's, it's invisible, so... Um, and especially even, even some lasers, you can't even see 
from the sky you know it depends on the on the I guess the frequency band and so forth that and the light bands and things that these are on um you know you can feel the heat and the heat's there but you may not um you cannot see it so the, i think the imagery that we've seen is probably um i don't know it could be doctored could be photoshopped could be something else that we just don't know or can't explain it doesn't mean it's dues for example but um i won't rule Absolutely. it out altogether so I'll, I'll leave it on the table for now yeah, no, that's a great point. And, and as you said, and that's where I sort of come back to it too, it's I've looked at the evidence and the evidence that they have for it is here are some geoengineering tactics and here are some photos that we can't verify showing lasers. You know, there's no way to verify these photos Correct. that are going around. You know, the photos that I've been sent by people on the ground are all relating to chemtrails and continued spraying that is happening during the bushfires. That's a real thing. But people are mistaking geoengineering. Like, I saw some video that's just like, here's directed energy weapons being used. And it's just the CEO of Weather Modification Inc. talking about all of their geoengineering tactics. Yes, and it's like, how, how is that proving that directed energy weapons are being used? We know they do geoengineering, but they're different things. Directed energy weapons are a military thing. They come from companies like Lockheed Martin and Halliburton and these companies that are paid to rebuild disasters, mm, you know, mm. for larger events like 9-11 potentially, you know, like not the Australian bushfires. I haven't seen all the evidence personally that I've seen, uh, uh, photos that there's no way to verify them and people just talking about geoengineering tactics that we already know about and that we predict have been used in this bushfire. So I think in that sense, it's almost like that cat in the bag that's being used to just sort of divert people's attention. Not that the people that are following that research, are, you know, have ill intentions at their heart, but some people within the movement who are putting out those narratives might just be leading them down a different path, yeah, you know. Yeah, so a bit of a red that's, that's, Yeah, so I agree with you. I'm not ruling it out, but... For me, I, I need a little bit more evidence, yeah, but that's same. that's my take. Yeah. Andy, so I'll throw to you, Andy, to get your take on it, mate. And feel free to tie in, um, I think I mentioned to you in the chat just before, how um, the mainstream media has also been, um, you know, in, in damage control over these fires and, and the things that we're surmising could be the cause of it and, and labeling us these sort of crazy conspiracy theorists as well. Um, so do you, yeah, what's your thought on, on these directed energy weapons being a possibility of use in uh, in this. Yeah, look, um, look tough, it's a tough one. I know. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. Look, I'm I'm pretty much like in line with with um, Ethan. Actually, they are a real thing. We know that um, like low orbit satellites can can produce um, like a, a a beam that can kill people and light fires and. Uh, it, it, um, you know, there is there is evidence of assassin, assassinations using these types of weapons. So, so it definitely can be used. Um, also, it'd be very very easy for um, wannabe wannabe um, news like independent news people to uh, put a little um, Photoshop a little line on a on a on a on a bush photograph saying and then make a story around it too so that'll be the easiest thing in the world so exactly. i don't know mm. the, the the jury in my mind is is out on the whole thing and definitely i Here think the biggest problem is with like um is is definitely geoengineering i think 
I think um, it was very strange. We had um, uh, abnormally strong winds. We had the perfect storm. There's definitely um, aluminium that's been sprayed um, like across across this country, uh, which is an accelerant for the bush. Um, you know, so the the um, the chem sprays. Uh, Chem sprays really actually should be the, the centre focus for what's going on here. I think that's, a, that's our, biggest, our biggest problem with health and these bushfires too. So, you know, that's, that's where I stand with all this sort of thing. And as far as lighting the fire, I think, that's, I think that naturally just happens with humans living around it and, you know, just stupid things that happen. But, like... The way that it accelerates, the, the amount of fuel on the ground, and 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 how it's been so dry with a lack of rain, uh, contributing to all of these sort of things. I think they are the bigger, they are the bigger questions. Why haven't we had rain? Why is there so much accelerant on the ground? Where? Why is there so much aluminium sprayed all over us? Uh, these are the bigger questions, rather than, you know, like energy weapons from space and stuff like that. So. Um, you know, I think uh, I think there's you know some people uh, in charge of this country, um, in, uh, politicians or whoever is is uh, knows what's going on. I think these are the bigger questions that need to be posed towards towards those those people. So yeah, that's my two cents, boys. Cool. All right. Thanks, Ando. Um, and I'll just I just put a post up on the Facebook page too, just letting everyone know we're recording a pod now. And I said um, we're going to be talking about the fires, etc. So please feel free to submit in for questions or comments within the next hour. And good old mate here, Trevor Weir, he's a top fan of ours. Uh, loves he loves the pod and loves what we do. Shout out to Trevor, yeah, love Trevor, good bloke. Um, he just said here, just my two cents. He goes, there didn't appear to be any urgency or effort to deal with the task at hand. The continual rejection of offers from other countries, uh, unless it was cash, of course, was arrogant. Uh, it looks forward to the podcast, all that money tied up in a trust. Um, that's what he says. So good point there as well, actually. And, um, you know, it did take a long time for us to allow, you know, foreign firefighters to come in and hand, give us a hand, uh, foreign equipment giving us a hand, um, aid as well. You know, like he's right, there was a real delay. You know, like these, this this fire stuff has been around, like we said, since what, uh, mid to late November last year. You know, what I mean, what are we now? We're mid to late January now. We're, this is way too long, and we're starting to see within the last what two weeks, we saw a lot of a lot of money flowing in from charities and the country and all this sort of stuff. And it just—he's it, right. It just seemed to take. There was no urgency. It took too long to deal with this task, didn't it? Is he right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's a, and it's all a big hoax anyway. All of the help that's coming, like sure, a couple of American firefighters showed up four days before it rained and that's another thing too is no one's concentrating on the fact that it's just pissed down rain out of nowhere you know to put the fires out <laughs> as soon as soon as all of this starts taking off all of a sudden all right the fires are out we won't worry about that anymore we'll just clear the rest of the land ourselves fellas they're starting to to get onto it i think we've because you've got to remember the clara clara's proposal was estimated to be 75 to 100 billion dollars to clear the land 
and then $5.5 billion for the new smart cities that were coming. This would have made it the largest infrastructure project in history. Now the cleanup is only $20 billion that it's estimated, but everyone's focusing on that, like, oh, look at how massive the cleanup is. Well, no, they're actually saving money by clearing this land that they would have to clear anyway for their smart city vision. So... I, I think, think we mentioned that in that last time we talked about this topic too. I think like, absolutely. Yeah, we brought that up that it's how much cheaper is it for them to just set the fucker on fire, you know what I mean, and come in afterwards rather than having to clear it all. Exactly right, General. Yeah. So when you look at that, it's like here, here we are in the aftermath of it. The rain has just come out of nowhere just as the international coverage starts taking off of the smart city links and... As I said about in the latest video on the YouTube channel, the Agenda 2030 Australia on Fire video, um, which is, you know, thank you to everyone for sharing that. It's got 15,000 views in the first week, which I'm very happy with. Thank you to everyone out there. Good stuff. But it's, it's more about the message there because, you know, I no one was raising the point that look at all of these donations. All of these donations, they said, are going to be in legal hurdles for months if they can even get them to the firefighters. You know, the fires were ongoing. This Celeste Barber, you know, PR hoax that was on our TV, which raised like $50 million or whatever, that's come from all over the world. There's going to be 100 legal hurdles to see how all of that can get transferred and processed and all of this. It's, you know, I linked to a couple of mainstream articles that are talking about this process. It just seems like all of this help to Trevor's point, and thank you for your comment, Trevor, it just seems like there was just, first of all, a lack of urgency to do anything, and I think that was one of the reasons why our articles started spreading heaps is because people started realising once Scott Morrison come back from Hawaii and still said we're not going to do anything (laughs) that, oh, hang on a minute, the government might actually be doing this intentionally and not giving a shit about us, so... That's what happened. And now they just didn't care for it. They didn't have any urgency. They didn't accept international help. And right at the end of it, they turn face and here come all the donations and here's what we're going to do with this and that fund. But it's all smoke. It's all smoke. The insurance companies have gone rogue on house owners. They can't get their insurance money. Centrelink is denying benefits to people that were promised benefits and, you know, emergency welfare. Mm -hmm. The donations are never going to get here. The firefighters were a big PR hoax because they showed up late. Like what? I think Trevor's completely on the money, General. What say you? Oh, I, I, I absolutely agree. There was such a such a delay, and when you got a disaster of this magnitude, you don't delay. You jump into action. You take as much aid and assistance, and you get it all done. And you come back from your fucking holiday overseas, and you know, run the country like you should be in a time of a, of a natural disaster. And um, that didn't happen. You know, there was there was delays all over the place. He's absolutely right. And there's a reason for that, which we just talked about, which you just talked about. Um, and then you mentioned like um, how also... Sorry, Ando, go. You, yeah, I want you to bring... No, 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 you're right. No, no, no you're right. I just want to chime... Ethan made a point about insurance too, which is like a very valid thing. Mm. And that's and that's how they're going to keep, keep people off the land. Yes, that, if you've, if because that's the thing, Ando. That's the yeah. thing, sorry, is it, it, right. fair enough you've cleared this land, but you've still got people who own that land. So how do you get rid of them? Ando, you go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you, if you multiply your insurance premiums by 10, if the insurance company deems that the land is unsustainable, 
here comes this sustainable development like word again but if they deem that it's unsafe to live there and, and like really hammer down on the premium to a point where people can't afford it I mean isn't that the perfect way to move people some maybe the more stubborn few that sort of like a resisting change and, and being kicked off isn't that the perfect way to move them on yeah I think they'll sell up and they'll you know. sell for pennies on the dollar you know what I mean they'll They'll take they what they'll no take whatever they can, and I think the yeah. um, the it won't be uh you know uh, uh, someone looking for a, a nice block of land coming to buy that off them. It'll be this oh. this um, this group um, of this Clara organization or anyone who's tied into it, knowing that they need that land for for the plan that they've got, um, and they'll they'll swoop in and, yeah. and pick these properties up for like I said, pennies on the dollar. Yeah, well, that's that would be the thing. But I think have a have a close look at insurance premiums and a close look at what insurance the direction that insurance companies take in 2020 with with all of these areas. I think that'll be very 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 interesting thing to see and you know, see if I'm right. I'm mm. sure I'm oh, not I wrong. You're spot on the money there, bro. Um, what do you reckon about that, Ethan? Yeah. Do you agree with Andy there that that's You've got the issue of fair enough. You've got the fires and you've got these plans for this for these zones that they want to make these smart cities and so forth. But the problem is you've still got landowners. How do you get rid of the landowners? And Andy's, I think Andy's on the money there. Exactly, you do it via making it um, unsustainable to live there. Via um, you can't get insurance, you can't get paid out, you can't do anything, and they sell it as quickly as they can to whoever wants it. Is that? Would you agree? Absolutely. Also, sorry to chime in. The cancel yeah. rates too. All of these people. Oh, that'll go through well. the roof. Yep. What if, what if, what if these mongrels? Yeah, like like triple or quadruple the rates, and the insurance companies jump on board and, and multiply the rate premiums by ten, too. I mm. mean, like mm. it'll just people will be like flocking out of it. I think that's how these smart cities. That's 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 twenty thirty plan to to bring them all in, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We'll put it this way: yeah. if if you were in charge of wanting to do all this smart city stuff, that that's the way you'd go about it. There's no other way to do it. You know what I mean? Like, totally. This is how you do it. This is the one of the only ways you do it is set the fucker on fire, like I said. Do what Andy just said and make and you know bleed these people dry and convince them that it's no good to live there and they'll go and find somewhere else to live away from these um, so-called smart city plans that they've got. Um, you know, uh, I think we might actually start getting into Clara now, um, Ethan and Ando, if that's cool with you guys. So I'll bring it up on my it sitting just here, some info on Clara and what they are and what it stands for. Uh... And just while you're doing that, General, yep. I'll, I'll chime in and just expand on, on Andy's point there. Um, just talking about the insurance premiums and whatnot, this is exactly what's happening. You know, now that... The, the bushfires, uh, you know, have their they've gone through their worst period. A lot of people, you know, even though the content was important from that period, the content going forward is going to be just as important because we're seeing the aftermath of what's coming. And this is what I've put in that video on my YouTube channel talking about this is this is the beginning of Agenda 2030. And the key word there is the beginning because what we're going to see going forward as what you've just spoken about more people off the land, whether it be insurance, whether it be any avenue that they, they may take through this, you know, just continued sucking up of the resources and the, the stability of people there, 
this is going to be the plan and they're going to get everyone into smart cities and then just as ironically as ever the train line goes right along the route that the bushfires went and with the end of private owner vehicle ship coming you know in the next 30 years or so this is what is the plan and we're all just going to be in highly regulated smart cities so i completely agree that this is what the plan is. You're going to see these things happen. You're going to see people in regional communities be even more affected by this. They're talking about a massive cleanup. They're talking about how we're going to have to change the way that we live, all of these types of things. It's about removing Australians into these highly regulated cities that are going to be developed. So yeah. I completely agree, fellas, and, and I think we'll get into that now a bit more. Yep. Um, and while I'm going on this bit, <laughs> I can't find what that acronym stands for. Have you guys got that in front of you? What C-L-A-R-A actually stands for, Clara? I'm yeah, it's consolidated. It was on Wiki. Consolidated. Yeah, Consolidated Land and Rail Australia. Ah, there we go. Cool. Okay, so... Uh, on this link, which I'll include in the show notes, you can actually go to their website. So this isn't for for folks listening. Like if you're overseas and you're hearing this as well, um, or even if you're in an Australia and you you weren't really aware of what's going on, but this isn't a theory. This this is plain as day in writing that you can see on their own website what they plan to do. You know, I mean, this is right here in front of us. So we're not theorizing here. This is literally the facts as we know it because this is what they're telling us. Um, so they've got on uh, on their website the plan, the Clara plan. So the Clara plan is to build up to eight of the world's most advanced, sustainable, smart, and they've got smart in capital letters, greenfield cities and connect them with a world-class high-speed rail system between Sydney and Melbourne via Canberra. Okay, so that then I think we've seen later on, they also want to extend that from Sydney, of course, up to the Gold Coast and Brisbane and so forth. But for, for this part of it they're literally just talking about this area right now and if you compare the maps compare where the fires have ravaged these areas it is in the exact same spots where they've written out their plan for this rail line and these smart cities like it marries up perfectly <laughs> um scarily have a look. perfectly um have a look at that are you on that you're obviously on that on the clara.com correct the link you website. just posted me yeah if you scroll down to like what I'm really, really like spooky is like if you scroll down to the bottom there where they've got like five like the images. Stages, yeah. Stage one, land acquisition and political mandate. <laughs> oh, no, it's right there. It, they, they tell you, don't they? I mean, like I said, it's not hidden. It's more like in your, in your face. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Ando. It's fucking spot on, man. Like it's undeniable. <laughs> What they're, what they're planning to do. Anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll go on. So this is yeah. reading from that page here. So Clara's vision is to create the world's most livable cities. Clara cities will be compact, <laughs> compact, awesome, uh, innovative and minimize their environmental impact. So that's where we tie that in. Like I said, they also include that term sustainable. So they've got to be sustainable cities and minimize environmental impact, which is not always a bad thing, but uh, it actually all just ties into... UN Agenda 2030, 21, and so forth. Um, Clara conjunctively proposes to build high-speed rail network between Sydney and Melbourne via Canberra, connecting the proposed inland cities. This will include the construction of stations in each of the eight new cities, as well as high-speed rail platforms being developed for Melbourne, Sydney, and Canberra. Within the Clara plan, there are two viable corridor options, which could be 
the first stage of the Clara plan. And like Ando said, stage one is land acquisition and political mandate. <laughs> um, so Sydney to Canberra, which includes three Clara cities, and they've got it on the little map there on the page. You can go and have a look for yourselves. Uh, Melbourne to Greater Shepparton, which includes two Clara cities. The five new Clara cities from above will uh, will be within 35 minutes of the relevant capital city. Creating an affordable, sustainable housing market is a key driver for Clara. We believe people deserve the opportunity to have rewarding employment, affordable housing, and an a and enjoy a reasonable cost of living. All sounds really hunky-dory so far. Leading global companies will establish high-tech employment with a mix of traditional jobs. Interesting. So leading global companies, obviously big tech companies, no doubt. Uh, our pedestrian-friendly urban design will minimize motor vehicle expenses. And I've heard them talk about this in their own uh, video, which I'll also link to this YouTube video someone captured um, from one of their meetings goes for about three minutes and he said the guy presenting says it himself that um you, you know that all be um bicycle scooter walking friendly areas so not even you don't you won't need a car in these areas that's what they're saying um which is also we know that's part of the agenda 2030 or 21 from the un is to get people out of cars they hate cars and you know they're doing everything they can to prevent people from car ownership as well um Going on, so it says leading global companies will establish high-tech employment with a mix of traditional jobs. Our pedestrian-friendly urban design will minimize motor vehicle expenses, maximize healthy lifestyles, and create a more livable, convenient, and connected community. Oh, sounds so good. Clara's cities must be connected ones. Must be connected ones. That's what they say. Connected within themselves and back to our major centers. This connectivity stems from our HS high-speed rail network, HSR, which will run along our corridor each city will have its own transport system and all new cities will use the high-speed rail to connect with other clara cities along the corridor the clara plan is certainly no small undertaking however the two identified corridors are independently commercially and socially viable there you go so they even tell you right now that it is independently commercially and socially viable to have that land that's along that area there regardless of it already probably being owned and properties along the way um so folks go for you go for life and um click on all the links and check out they've got other um things with regards to funding how they're going to do it uh, we won't go unless you guys want to we can go into it if you want to but they've got smart they actually talk about the smart cities what is a smart city a smart city equals a smart economy with smart transport mobility a smart environment a smart living I'm not even going to say the word smart anymore. Governance, people, healthcare, buildings, energy, society, home. So it's all about that smart. And what we've learnt um, in the past about smart everything and smart devices and all this sort of shit. Um, I'm pretty sure the S actually stands for surveillance. <laughs> That's what I reckon anyway. The yeah. S in smart. Anything with, the, anything with the word smart in front of it, run in the other direction. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so Ethan, let's, uh, I'll, I'll throw over to yourself there, brother. Um, now, like I mentioned earlier, just before in our little show notes and stuff that I might actually take the devil's advocate side of this argument here and I'll, I'll be the pro Clara, um, and I'll, you know, we'll try and flesh out what's actually, what's wrong with this. It sounds awesome. You guys are just fucking conspiracy theorists and you should shut up. Um, 
No, I won't be that obnoxious, but um, <laughs> but you know what I mean. So look, like I said, it sounds it sounds amazing. It sounds awesome. It sounds you know let's let's get these high speed rail. You know Australia's rail infrastructure is dying and um, it's you know dilapidated and decaying and whatnot. And we need a new high speed rail network. Sounds awesome. I don't have a problem with that. Um, we need smart cities too. Oh, that sounds wonderful as well. What's wrong with being in a smart city, Ethan? Well, General, um, I'd ask you just in in terms of your own personal freedoms, whether whether you like to just go to the park and not be watched. Do you like to go down to the park and not have someone watching you? Oh well, why why would someone be watching me in a park? Let's be honest. Well, well, General, if you if you have a take a look at the if you take a look at the smart cities that are being developed currently in Australia, so we look at Perth, we look at Darwin, which has just been completed, one of the key elements of that plan are to include facial recognition cameras all over the city, which will be able to track your movements wherever you go. So the next time you do go down to a park, there will be cameras there watching you. Eyes will be watching you. If you want to go to the supermarket, eyes will be watching you in the car park. If you want to go to a beach there'll be eyes watching you there cameras are going to be everywhere in these smart cities mate but surely that's just for my own safety and security though isn't it yes well they 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 like to say that it is for safety and security and that's the guise of of how they get everything in but if 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 you hadn't taken a look over at what's happening in china this type of technology is being used by their government to target individuals to target people that uh, against the system that are against their own politics and against ethnic groups to be able to keep them in highly regulated zones. And if regional Australia is is moved from its current point into these new smart cities, then that effectively leaves our country at the mercy of potentially falling into these plans. Is that something that you would not be concerned about potentially happening? Mm. Yeah, so indeed, that does actually does sound very concerning to me. Uh, maybe it's not such a good idea. <laughs> it's, it's too hard to stay on the on the on the pro side of that. I can tell you now. <laughs> no, all good points, sir. And you you make yeah uh, every single thing you just said. We've actually we've even mentioned before on the podcast. But uh, you're absolutely right. That's this is the the scenario. What we're looking at, folks, in these smart so called smart cities that they want to develop. It's literally a top-down control grid that's going to be dropped over you in a big net, um, completely monitored. Everything you do will be... That's why they say smart, like a smart economy. So the the, the economy in these cities themselves is going to be... And look, any economy, uh, of course, does need to be watched with a keen eye, but um, smart transport and mobility. So they don't... You know, they tie in mobility there, though. Um, smart environment, smart living, smart governance... Smart people, so I wonder what that actually includes. Smart healthcare, smart buildings. Uh, one can be said that, yes, making things more energy efficient is a good thing, but when they start tying in things like smart meters to these smart buildings for your smart home, um, then that's really just um, surveillance that's happening. And if you're using too much power, maybe they're going to want to know why you're using too much power. Uh, maybe they'll just simply turn off that power and uh, prevent you from using too much power because it, that's the smart thing to do. Um, smart energy, Absolutely. like I said, yeah. So smart society, smart home. I mean, look, you can actually look up on YouTube, folks. You can look up General Petraeus, who was the one of the 
uh, I think he was the head of the CIA at one point, um, even goes on the record as to say that anything with a smart device is going to be used to listen and watch everything you do. And that will be given straight back to the intelligence uh, networks. Um, everything from your smart TV, smart phone, smart fridge, whatever it is, it's going to be used to surveil you 24-7. Um, so they, they admit this, um, and all this will simply tie into that narrative as well and, and that, that purpose. Yeah, you're spot on the money. And we've got to remember the significant linkage here is that the government admits on their Department of Infrastructure website that the development of smart cities are to adhere to Sustainable Development Goal 11 under the Agenda 2030 plan. It's on their website. This is why the smart cities have been developed, to adhere to Agenda 2030. So when you look at companies like Clara and... From what I've discovered since then, they're not the only company that have been involved. I actually, because I've discovered that the the Brisbane to Melbourne route actually got denied on their half, but there's other companies that are going to do the Sydney to Brisbane route, and it's all this big, you know, web of proposals that have come. But nonetheless, when you look that there's these companies that are doing this, they want to build smart cities. The government have provided funding to them. It goes along the exact same route as the current as the bushfires as they were progressing, and the the aftermath is smart technology, which the government says is to follow Agenda Twenty Thirty. It's all right there. It's yeah. not conspiracy. It, that's right. It's not it's a theory. It's literally in writing, happening before our eyes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So no I think talking that's about it. no one except for no. us. And independent journalism and stuff. With anyone's talking about this shit, you will not see this coming out of nine MSN and stuff. All you'll see from coming from them is all oh, these attack conspiracy pieces. theorists and yeah, exactly, just ad hominem attack pieces that have no info, useful info in them whatsoever. Um, but if you actually looked for yourself or even checked out the links that um, Ethan and stuff provides, and you'll see it for yourself. We're not joking. Yeah. We're, this is not a theory. This is the plan. All right. Um, Absolutely. People need to be fully aware of that. Um, and the main and the media are doing everything they can to try cover that up because it is spreading because the word is getting out there so rapidly, even overseas, where to the point it's got beyond you know our narrative. It's just everyone else's narrative that they've picked up on and developing their own theories and stuff. But you know, it's just spread so much that they have to call us out in these pieces. You know, they have to demonize us and put screenshots and, and put us through everything, you and know, I'm, to try and divert the message. I will know? say that when when the mainstream media takes that route, you know you're on the right track <laughs> because it's validation. It's validation that you're right, isn't it? When they come out yeah. and attack you for what you're doing, um, then, yeah, it's 100% validation. So in, in a sense, I would actually feel good about them having a go at you for, you know, talking about this sort of stuff because then you know you're right. Um, on the yeah, money. Absolutely. absolutely on the money. Yeah. yeah. So this, like no, we said, this see. all ties back to that whole UN Agenda 21, 2030 business um, that all governments who are part of this, the UN are signed on to. Um, I'm not sure when. Do you, can you recall when we signed on to that at all, Ethan? Was it um, at the Paris? Uh, wasn't the Paris Accord, was it? Was the Paris Accord we no. signed on to? Or was it before then? 2015, we signed on to that agreement. It's a 15-year plan. When was that? Was that that wasn't the fucking Kyoto or whatever it was? Was it? I'm trying uh, to remember no, when, I which one that were, was. It, they were in Switzerland, I believe. They signed some. They signed some agreement in oh, okay. Switzerland. 
it was yeah the agenda 2030 plan Okay. And then since then, that's where all the Paris agreements and everything have, have stemmed from their commitment to that plan. Mm. So we're already five years into the plan. So yeah, we are. they're a third of the way through it. So they've got to get moving. So that's that's what we're seeing yeah. develop before our eyes. I've seen a lot lately, um, Andrew, you've probably seen this as well uh, on Facebook, that there's so much back and forth and, and argument and you know, uh, information being put up about the whole climate change debacle. Is it real? Is it not real? What's it being caused by? And all this sort of stuff. And, you know, we're being constantly lied to. Like, and I I'll, I put up a, a bit because I quite like the stuff that um, one of the MPs, Craig Kelly, actually shares. He's he's really big on sharing a lot of the stuff about the hysteria and the alarmism of the climate change agenda. He's all over it. Um he put up a piece, and we, we sort of touched on this just before when we were talking about it, how they predicted last year in December that there'll be no no rain until April. The Bureau of Meteorology tells ministers there will be no relief for drought-ravaged regions over the summer, with the Bureau of Meteorology officials telling a meeting of state and federal ministers there would be no significant rain until at least April. And then <laughs> January 17th, like two days ago, Bushfires, mud, glorious mud as rain finally arrives in fire-ravaged regions. And like you said, shortly after all the, the help arrives from overseas and it, it starts <laughs> pouring down rain in these areas, you know what I mean? And bushfires are being extinguished all over the place, which is the, the relief that they wanted. And now the, the danger is possibly flooding now as well. So, um, yeah. yeah, that could be the next thing that drives them off the land. You know, we've, we've burnt them out, now let's flood them out. <laughs> Um, yep. But it's funny, isn't it? You know, so all this alarmism, you know, the 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 big wigs at the Bureau of Meteorology telling everyone, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go, you know, five months without rain, you know, any significant rain, and then a couple of weeks, three weeks later, or whatever it is, two weeks later, it starts pissing down rain, you know, or less than a month later, wherever it is, it's pouring rain, and we've had so much raining lately, and I'm like flat out <laughs> myself in what I'm doing, but um, yeah. They really are hopeless. I think you made the comment. Like they really are hopeless. Yeah. I mean, like apart from what you're just talking about there, but just like regularly from week to week, they just never seem to get it right. Do you I reckon? Mean, and and like as far as far as the rain coming down, I've been watching it. Like you know, I've been watching it come like from north of PNG, and and like a week before we got the rain here, like Port Moresby started to cop it. Um. So it was, it was pretty clear that we were going to get some rain. Mm. So how the how the Bureau of Meteorology couldn't work that out uh, is beyond me. That's just it. It, it. To me, it doesn't seem like it's incompetence. To me, it seems like they're just trying to control and you know propagate that narrative of alarmism and it's all climate change and you know because that's that's what the media always goes on about and. You know, um, I could even, but you know, I could actually bring up a, an article, which I've got sort of. I saved it just recently, and it was sbs.com.au put this one out, and it was titled "Fires Not Due to Climate Change." Expert, so yeah, an expert even came out and said, you know, it's just, and it actually, and this article was originally posted. On the 21st of October 2013, during those bushfires, and they recently updated the article um, on the 14th of November 2019. Um, and they go on to talk about how 
that this expert says, look, it's not climate change that's doing this. It's it's fuel load on the ground. It's this dry tinder that's everywhere, and it's that's what's all that's what's leading to all these devastating fires and stuff. It's you know um, not this anthropogenic global warming climate change hysteria um, because you got to be very careful. I always say this: you got to be careful with that term climate change. Because you can't say that there is no climate change. Because we know there is the climate changes all the time. It's it's a cycle. We're in cyclical patterns and so forth, and it changes regularly. Um, so it is a real thing. But when the it's the greenies and the those sort of lefties that are always saying it, it's what they really mean. You have to sort of say, do you mean man-made climate change? Do you mean anthropogenic global warming and climate change? Is that what you're saying? You've kind of got to have them clarify it because. Otherwise, you're the, you're the one that looks like an idiot if you're denying that climate change is a thing. But of course, it is a thing. Um, however, uh, and then you can go down the path as well that, you know, is it actually caused by humans? Well, not in the sense that they're talking about. I think it is in the sense that we manipulate the weather via things like weather modification and geoengineering and all that sort of stuff. You know, in terms of climate change in that regard, yes, humans are doing it because that's part of an, a specific agenda uh, that we've you know, just covered just recently uh, and today we've talked about that same thing so you've yeah. got to really clarify can I, can what I you're talking about please bit. yeah please do yeah um like i hear from craig kelly and of course like you know malcolm roberts and all of these guys about you know the climate change fraud but i don't hear any uh politicians i don't hear anyone talk about what's going on with this with the crap that they're spraying from aircraft what is what are they spraying on us? Who is doing it? Why are they doing it? What is it? Et cetera, et cetera. Mm. I haven't heard that from anybody. And it's obvious that it's a real thing. Yeah. Oh, you know, 100%. Why, and why, you're right. Why isn't, why isn't Malcolm Roberts and Craig Kelly standing up and saying, you know, like getting on the thing, getting on the bandwagon with, with geoengineering? Yeah. Why question, aren't we actually. talking about that? I reckon they're trying to play it a bit safe and I reckon that they're just sticking to what they can unequivocally, I guess, prove with the data that they've got and so forth. You know, it's not like they're going to, you know, hire a plane. Man, there's photos of aircraft. I agree. Big drums and it's like frigging everywhere. Yeah, there's all that sort of stuff. It's so in your face. There's aircraft, big aircraft with these big nozzles coming out with no tail numbers. Um, mm. Like you see, even see them in our airports. I pull into like Port Moresby. There's this big aircraft with no tail numbers. Like it's, it's all around us. Like why isn't somebody out of out of the Liberal and National and, and Labor Party talking about geoengineering? Yeah. Like why? What are they spraying in our skies? Why? How long are they going to do it for? What actually is it? What's the plan? Like, can somebody come out in the mainstream world and and tell the people what they're doing? I'd love. I mean, I'd love to see. I'd love to hear this from somebody. Yeah. Anybody. I think. You no, know, it's they, it's one thing to talk about climate change. But yeah, I is, agree, Andy. I I would love for someone in a certain position to come out and and go down that one as well and tackle that one. Um, but I think so many times that the you know, there's people that have, oh, I hate using this word, but they come out and they, you know, they debunk us as a as a conspiracy theory and stuff when we know it literally is a conspiracy, but a conspiracy fact um, that they're doing this sort of thing. 
Um, oh man, it's it's such a fact. Is mm. I mean, I'm sure we could up like half a dozen websites about you know like weather modification equipment that is for sale and stuff like even light aircraft with with nozzles and things like that. It's 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 mainstream. Like mm. it's mm. not it's not hidden anywhere. It's in their budgets. It's everywhere. It's yeah. it's not a it's not a fake thing. So you know, I mean, I kind of know. I think. I think the likes of um, Malcolm Roberts and you know Pauline Hanson that sort of thing, who who I do appreciate these people if they are listening, but and I I I do think that they they believe that like talking about pharmaceuticals like vaccines or geoengineering, I think they think that it's political suicide. Correct. I yep. think they I yep. think they think that it's probably like too too much heat for them like that they won't be able to cope with it yeah but which is unfortunate but i think you're spot on yeah yeah and, and um ethan do you agree like what's your comment on that oh well yeah I, I certainly see that point for sure i i think that they don't talk about it because it's all just a big stage show everyone's just actors here to distract us from the point but you know i, I definitely see that that perspective as well you know I think Pauline Hanson and Malcolm Roberts and all of these people are all just big actors, mate. They're not genuine at all. Good good theory. Good point. Um, what was I going to say? I had a comment as well. Um, no, nah, lost it. I looked outside the window and I got distracted. <laughs> <laughs> it might come to me shortly. If it does, I'll, I'll bring it up. But anyway, um, yeah, well, that, I think that pretty much actually um, wraps up our little discussion. Unless you guys wanted to have anything else you wanted to discuss with regards to this topic, I think we've, well, I think we've laid out all the things that I wanted to talk about. Um, we've got a lot of links for folks to follow and to, to check out themselves, especially this Clara one. Um, like what Andy pointed yeah. out, you know, saying <laughs> on their own website, you know, stage Massive. one, land acquisition and political mandate. Like, it's just right there in your face. Um, he's yeah. you know, 100% correct. Um, so folks yeah, need and to go and check that out. Start sharing it. Start, like, seriously, folks, put put links to that. Put screenshots and put that on your Facebook page and in certain groups and stuff and say, look, here it is. Like, it's it, this isn't a theory. Forget what the mainstream media is trying to dismiss and say. Like, this is what they're doing. They want smart cities eight of them in fact and i like i did mention i've got a, a youtube link which i'm going to rip the audio from and uh i'll put it i'll actually include that uh at the beginning of this podcast before we start talking so people can actually hear it it's in to like three minutes or something but the guy says it for himself you know he's talking about clara and these high-speed rails and the eight smart cities like it's again it's not a theory this is the plan um we're now just waiting to see i guess um in the aftermath, we can probably just talk about that. Like, what's what do you guys want to? What do you guys suspect is the next step? Is it phase one? Is it that um, you know we've had the fires, we've got rain now? What happens now? Is it insurance companies come mm-hmm. in, they push them off the land, and then what's next, guys? Is it is it step one of 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 this Clara plan? I guess it would have to be, wouldn't it? I uh, think I'll, I'll think Ando, yeah. the insurance companies, yeah, insurance companies, council rates, zoning. So, like, some some poor farmer will be suddenly, like, deemed zoned for, um, I don't know, like, uh, natural bushland, can't farm here anymore. Sorry, guys, mm, you know. Mm. It'll, it'll be all of that, and that's 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 how they do it. But didn't we see and something then, about then, that rezoning? Didn't, there was, Ethan, did you share something about that, that whole rezoning 
um, and changing yeah, zoning laws. There was that was one thing, wasn't it? We haven't talked about that yet. Yeah, absolutely. So I good yeah, point, I Ando, Sorry, by the way. Yeah, no, great point. I and I spoke on a lot of these topics in in my video that I published. This is now that the bushfires are over. It is the beginning of Agenda Twenty Thirty. You know, forcible evictions, lack of resources, which will continue to diminish, and a national review of land management that is going to be underway. So, I'm going to be watching that very closely to see what they do with this. Um, national review and also if they do a royal commission into it what's going to come out of that you know what the recommendations will be for mass land change and and everything and on the ground we're just going to see the continued um, destruction of our regional communities as we've said no no one's been able to get benefits communities are still yet to rebuild it's all just going to be land acquisition developments clara and the other companies that have already received funding to begin developing these projects as i mentioned in the article you know they've they bought land right near shepparton where shepparton was completely on fire during the bushfires you can follow the trail of where this is going and it's as you said andy it's going to lead to all of these things insurance and everyone is going to be forced to come into these highly regulated smart cities or come to where the jobs are where the resources are because they won't be able to survive anymore. That's what's coming. Yeah, yeah, completely mm. agree. Good points, lads. Um, we might wrap this one up then for uh, for today, boys. If that's cool with you, we've punched out about an hour and twenty. So I think we've done Beautiful. well. Beautiful, good channel. I'm glad you're able to good jump recap. on. Yeah, thanks for coming on and making it for the for the uh, episode two, Ando. Uh, appreciate that. We broke yeah. all speed limits to get here, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good work. Puts his puts everything on the line for the podcast. I love it. That's what he. That's what he does yeah, for man, you, yeah. listeners. My, He's in this for the listeners. My, my, my uh, finger was out the window with my inverted number plates as I came spreading down the. Floor. <laughs> uh, you need to get a pair of those James Bond ones where you can just spin them around to like a fake one or something. You know. When you, as you go, as you go yeah, past yeah, yeah. all the cameras and shit. Yeah. F F U F U zero one. <laughs> oh, I love it. Big F yeah, to the good. new world order. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but no, I'm gonna I'm gonna have more more content, you know, coming forward on, on all of this, like more 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 un- developments that I've uncovered with the you know, the whole rail proposals and what's coming with land management and everything. So we just look forward from here, fellas, I think. And you know, I'm also gonna make a response to the Australian Associated Press who did the fact check article on my on my article and have said that it's factually inaccurate i'm actually going to make a video response to them because i don't i I don't really care about you know all of the mainstream media trashing me but if the associated press want to put me through a fact checker which that could cause problems in the future you know if if i get more exposure and they can say ethan who's been factually proven wrong as a liar you know that's that's what's going to be you know a bit of a trouble with that so i'm going to I'm going to respond to them as well in some of their, you know, attacks on my article. So it's we're just going to look forward to, to what comes from here. But that's that's what's on the agenda for me. Yeah, cool. I think awesome. what we need to um, look at this this podcast is um, able to be shared far and wide. And if you look, if you know family members in these bushfire ravaged areas, um, you know. <laughs> 
Uh, maybe they want a little listening during their commute back and forth wherever they are. Please maybe share this with them because we kind of want to hear from them. If you if you do listen to this, anyone in these areas where this Clara smart cities are being proposed, we'd love to hear from you in regards to what's happening um, sort of step by step step with you. You know, trying to rebuild. Let's 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 hear from you with regards to what your insurance companies are doing. Are they running you through the the grinder and and raising rates? And is the council, you know, rezoning? Are they raising rates? Uh, we want to know what's going on. So we kind of want to hear from from those sort of folks. So please drop us a line at uh, editor at realnewsaustralia.com or at um, Ethan. What's your uh, email, Ethan? Uh, contact at tottnews.com. Yep. So please jump on and just let us just shoot us a quick email or do a video or something. We we kind of want to know because you guys are the ones on the ground that are going through all this, um, and we you know hearts go out to you for for losing your livelihoods and stuff. And you know so many Australians have been devastated by these fires, and it's just wrong. Um, but uh, we do believe that there is an agenda behind it all and we're trying to bring some, some light to this. And if you guys can out there listening can prove that this sort of shit is happening and um, you know maybe your, your property is, you've got some offers to buy you out, uh, we want to know if you can find out who it is. Um, is, it a, is it some sort of corporation or limited liability company or someone trying to buy you out and not an individual? Then, you know, Spread the word. You got to let people know because you guys are the ones going through this, and we're trying to trying to piece it together on this end. So that's all I want to say about that, folks out there. Please do subscribe to this podcast, the General Knowledge Podcast. Uh, this was uh, season two, episode six, and uh, of course was joined by Ethan Nash of TOTT News and our good friend Andy Soames. Thanks again, boys, for joining us. This is the General. Peace out, guys. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>